1: God didn't bring you here on this Easter by accident. He brought you here to set you free. You know, I was thinking a few months back, Christina and I went to New York and we were wandering around the city. And and I got to, you know, I was about to teach that series on George Washington that we taught in the beginning of this year. And we found the spot there. The only place that really survived at ground zero was the spot where President Washington bowed his knee and, and declared this a Christian nation. Declared the hope and faith in a risen Savior, and what a powerful, powerful moment that was for me. And I found myself leaving. Uh, there was a few of us there, and I found myself leaving and walked out into the graveyard. I was walking through the graveyard. You know, the good thing about walking through a graveyard is, you know, you get to walk out of that graveyard, Amen. And I'm uh, walking through that graveyard, and um, it was one of the, my favorite moments of the whole trip. I was like, that's the one who fought this battle, and that's the one who who invested this finance into our our nation, and that's the one who did this. Because I was so involved in that study, and and I found myself a a little a bench to sit down on there, and and then I saw Christina walking across, and I actually just started. Then, amazing, you've been married to somebody for twenty-two years, and you start snapping pictures of them as they're walking across. People probably thought I was a stalker, but I was like, no, nah, it's all right. I'm married to her, man, and uh. uh As she came walking along, we just sat there in that graveyard for a little while. Then we moved on. I believe I have a message of hope for you today because I believe there's some here that you're not moving on from the graveyard. You're stuck in the graveyard. And it's costing you more than you can ever imagine. This week we focused on three words. Save, thirst, and now remember. As we talk about remembering this wonderful gift That he gave in this powerful day when he arose. We have to remember that he did this so he might save us. He was thirsty. He that was the water of life became thirsty to fulfill our right to cry out. To have our soul satisfied. But today we remember. And the way that we're going to remember his gift and his power of his resurrection. Is when we start walking out of the graveyard. Let's pray. Father, today, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your power, your grace, and your presence. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us, that you will change our hearts, change our lives. And now let your word grab hold of who we are. In Jesus' name, and change us. You see those chained to a tombstone. May the chain be broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse number 1 remembering it's time to get out of the graveyard. Luke 24 and 1, but very early. Some of you, that word very early on a Sunday morning hurts you physically. (laughs) Very early. I want you to notice these women that we're reading about at this point, they are somewhere that they have no business being and they had to get up early to get there. It's costing them something. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. Why are they going to the tomb? They get up early. They lose their sleep. They're exhausted. They've been through a grueling experience, but yet they find themselves getting up early, going to the tomb on Sunday morning. Notice this, taking the spices that they had prepared. And if you prepare something, some of you prepared a meal for today, and odds are you had to go buy the supplies and it cost you something and you had to get up early to get it ready. And these women were getting up early to go do something that had cost them something that they had already been told not to do. And I wonder how many people that are listening to me today that you're busy doing something you have no business doing. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit already. You're going to a graveyard celebrating something you have no business celebrating and you've already been told better. And it may leave you like these women. Because when they get there, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now notice this. And as they stood there, puzzled. Now wait a minute, they got up early, they spent time and effort preparing to go somewhere they have no business being, I'm going to show you that in a moment, and they found themselves puzzled. Are you with me? Costing you something, keeping you from sleeping, and leaving you puzzled. By the time you leave this place, I want those three areas of weakness to have left your life because I believe that God has sent a word. I was walking through the resurrection experience. And I was in the garden, and, and they were looking at me saying, why don't you pray with me? And I'm like, I'm trying, you know? And And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke this message into my heart. Remember. Remember. And the reason that these women were losing sleep over a problem that was costing them something and they were left wondering where is the Lord in the middle of this problem was because they had forgotten what he'd already said. And I just happen to believe today that there's hope for you in Jesus Christ. And if you will get tired of getting up, losing sleep over the problem that's haunted you all of your life, you'll stop preparing to feed that problem. And you'll go and stop realizing what God's for, start thinking God's forgotten me. And realize if you will remember what God's already told you, you'll stop going to the graveyard and you'll move on with your life. Two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified, bowed with their faces to the ground. And I think that we lose the tone of this scripture because it's so poetic in the King James when the King James says, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen as he said. Isn't that beautiful? And it's so beautiful. We miss the tone, but the new living gets the tone right. I love this. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for somebody who's alive among the dead? Let me translate that to modern day Georgia. Those of you from the north, you might take you a moment to catch up with this, but I'm going to say it just like this. Why are you here? All right. Talking to a friend yesterday about the differences between the north and, and the south. And this is what he's saying. Why are you here? They're going, I don't see that tone. Read the rest of the passage. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Okay, pastor, I still don't see the tone. Look, remember what he told you. Why are you here? Remember what he's already told you. And I know I'm jumping the gun, but I feel the power of God in this place today. And if you will stop allowing yourself to lose sleep, prepare for something you have no business doing, and stop going and wondering where God is, the key to finding your hope is remembering what Jesus has already said about you. And let me just even shoot the gun even more today and say this. What he said about you is that while you were in your sin, he loved you enough to die for you, to deliver you, to set you free, to loose you from that thing that's trying to hold on to you. That's what he's already said. That's what he's already promised. But we forget what he's told us. We forget what he said. He says, remember what I told you back in Galilee, that the son of man must be portrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. So he says, Hey, what are you doing here? Don't you remember that Jesus told you that when he went to Jerusalem, they were going to arrest him. Don't you remember that he said they're going to crucify him? But don't you also remember that he said on three days later, I will get up and come alive. Now, wait a minute now. These women had prepared to take care of a God who couldn't do what he said he was going to do. Why? Because here's the grace I have for them. They had forgotten what he said. And I love the next part of this verse that it says that he would rise again on the third day. Verse number 8, and then they remembered that he had said this. Why would they have forgotten? You see, these two angels, they they didn't get it. They couldn't understand. It's like they did not fathom why these people didn't honor what God had said. Somebody said, I, Pastor, I still don't understand what you're saying. The angels don't get it why they weren't remembering what he'd said because the angels exist to fulfill his every command. What does the word say? That God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every word that he speaks is all they breathe to do. And somehow they don't understand, they can't fathom man's abilities to forget God's promises. But here in this example... Of the frailty of humanity, it took hope to cause them to remember his promise. That day when they got to that tomb, they had forgotten what he'd said until he wasn't there. The main reason we forget is because we become too fixated on our present circumstances. We forget that he already told us there would be trials and there would be tribulations. Tribulations. We forget that Jesus said, you're going to suffer things here. You're going to go through things here. We get a bad diagnosis and we don't understand. We find ourselves going out there trying to earn His love, trying to find His love, and we find ourselves puzzled when He's not living among the graveyard. But He's called you to more than that. We get caught up in the circumstances, but I believe the biggest reason is this. This may seem a little harsh, but... I believe we doubt that he's really got this. I believe we doubt that he can actually do what he said he's going to do. And because we doubt that he can do what he said he's going to do, we forget in the middle of the storms. You see, the disciples were overwhelmed with all they had seen. They were overwhelmed with the dreams (coughs) excuse me, and investments that were smashed around them. They were overwhelmed with the brutality of his murder but they forgot the most important part. He's got this. He even told him in John 14, 29, I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you'll still believe. I mean, that's pretty blunt. He said, I'm telling you, they're going to arrest me. I'm telling you, they're going to beat me. I'm telling you, they're going to crucify me. But when this happens, don't lose sight. I'm telling you now so that you won't forget three days later, I'll be back. Now I can hear some of you now as I'm talking about the power of remember. Matter of fact, when I said my topic was remembering, some of the spouses in this place elbowed their spouse and said, praise God we're here today, he's talking to you, amen. <laughs> but the truth is, you may have a memory problem, but the main reason that you can't remember is because your memory needs training. My study time for this message I've discovered some very interesting techniques that allow you to train your memory. Almost all memory champions will tell you that there's nothing special about their memory other than the fact that they have taken the time to train themselves how to remember. As a matter of fact, they've taken MRIs of of their brains and they've discovered that these great memory champions don't use any more of their memory uh, part of their brain than you do. Some of you going, well, where's the hope? Where's the hope in that for me? They don't use any more of their memory brain than you do. But the only thing that's different is they go from using just the memory portion of their brain to they ignite also the part of their brain that most resembles the creator, the part that allows the creative abilities of the brain. So they couple their memories by internalizing what they're trying to memorize into a creative part of who they are. Now, some of you that have been in church a long time know where I'm going with this, but I want you to understand that the way that they're able to remember these things is because they cause something within them to remember what God had done in their life. And God allows us to internalize even in the middle of storms. Now, I've been preaching to you this morning, but I'm trying to give you life. I'm trying to give you power that can change your life. And the thing is this, in order for the promises of God to stick with you, not to blow straight out of your life every time the circumstantial winds change, you better start building your life around them. You see, they they construct what they call memory palaces. They build their life around these things. And Jesus actually spoke about this in the Word when He said, hey, those that build their house upon the sand... When the rains come It's going to wash and the floods rise. It's going to wash it all away. But he that takes time to build his life upon the rock, though those things come, that home will still stand. What drives you all the way back to that graveyard every time your failures come knocking, every time regrets show up in the middle of the night, what keeps you tied to that grave is you've not internalized the promises of Jesus Christ. The promise that also says that he that rose from the dead is the firstborn of many brethren that though we were dead in our sins we are now alive in Jesus Christ we are not who we used to be we're not the person who was bound up like that anymore because now we are a new creature in Christ Jesus founded on a rock that cannot be shaken but if you don't internalize it you'll find yourself losing sleep over your problems If you don't internalize it, you'll find yourself paying something that you don't want to pay. And you're actually paying for something He's already paid for. And then you'll find yourself puzzled, wondering why God doesn't love you. When the truth is, He's already given you promises of hope. You see, it's important for us so that we begin to internalize this. So we can give the disciples a hard time about not remembering. Them. I mean, how do you forget this? Jesus said, hey, they're going to arrest me. They're going to beat me. They're going to crucify me. But don't, don't worry about it. Three days later, I'll get up. And we can think, well, didn't they listen? Well, imagine for three years, the disciples have been hearing the promises of God over and over and over again from Jesus. In just one chapter, it got kind of confusing. In Matthew 13, I mean, it wasn't like Jesus said, okay, this is Matthew 13. And then one day, it gets kind of confusing. He tells them, the kingdom of God, or serving God, is like this. Seeds and weeds. Oh, okay. Well, the kingdom of God, it's really like hidden treasure. Oh, 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 oh. seeds, weeds, hidden treasure. Well, 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 the kingdom of God, it's really like an expensive pearl. Seeds, weeds, treasure, pearls. Well, no, no, guys, since you're not getting it. The kingdom of God is very much like a fishing net. And then he looks at them, and I love what he says in verse 51 of that chapter. He says, Jesus looks at them and says, do you get it? Do you understand all these things? And what did the disciples say? Can you imagine Peter bumping everybody around him? Just shake your head yes. Shake your head yes. Because if we don't get it, he's going to tell us something else, and then we're really not going to get it. And they just fake it. And here today, I think that most Christians want to get it. They're tired of being chained to the graveyard. But the truth is, they're really faking it. So how will you ever recall what sets you free? How will you ever find the way out of the graveyard When you learn to see yourself in the promises of God. As long as you're still dead in a tomb, and I feel the Holy Spirit of God speaking, as long as you're still see yourself uh, uh, yesterday's addict, let me tell you something. You might have been that yesterday, but that is not who you are anymore. You need to stop seeing yourself as that that messed up, lying, cheating, thieving, uh fornicator. Uh, I mean, should I go on? You need to stop seeing yourself that way. And you need to start seeing yourself as a child of a living God, bought with a price, sealed with the resurrection power of Jesus and see who you can become. Now imagine that moment. Jesus said, okay, we're going to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest me. They're going to kill me. I'll rise again. Pretty blunt. How do the disciples know if he's being literal or figurative? Because just in a few days he walks by and he says, see this temple that took 46 years to build? Or he said, see this temple? They're like, yeah, the one that took 46 years to build? He said, yeah, tear it down. I'll build it back in three days. He was being figurative for a moment. He was being literal at one moment, figurative at another. So they were supposed to take this literal or not. They didn't know. But can you imagine? Can you imagine how they would have felt if they'd actually believed his promise? Could you imagine? I mean, it still would have been upsetting. They arrest him in the garden. It still would have been devastating. It's okay, guys. He said this. It still would have been earth-shattering when they watched him be beaten. It still would have caused them to doubt on every side. But they would have had his promise to hold on to when he was crucified. If they'd actually believed his promise, would they have lost so much sleep? If they'd actually believed his promise, does anybody get what I'm trying to tell you? If they'd actually believed what he said, would they have wasted the money on the spices? If they actually believed what he said, would they have been shocked or would they have been shouting? And I've come to tell somebody today, it's time for you to actually believe what Jesus has said. I want you to understand, some people may doubt it, and you might find other places that can fuel your doubt. But I came in here to rock your world with truth today that says, I really believe that he really died, and I really believe that he really rose from the dead, and I really believe he can do everything he promised you he would do. How powerful would it be if we could grasp this? And he's given us aids to help us in this memory. Your circumstances should not cause you to go back to the graveyard. Some of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but others of you know that every time something goes wrong, you want to go back. Every time something shifts in your life for the negative, you find yourself angry at God, walking towards something you know you have no business walking toward. Am I preaching truth? But if you actually believe what I was preaching to you today, it wouldn't move you back. It would cause you to stand. That when you've done all else, you would stand there for. You'd plant your feet in the promises of Jesus. But Pastor Don, this storm's been a long night. It's been going on for a long time, but he's still able. Pastor Don, you don't know what kind of diagnosis they've given me. In the last service, there was a young man who came to see me Wednesday night and began to testify. His testimony, he said this. He said, "When I was a young boy, I was run over by a car. Had no clue who I was. I just getting to know him. He said I was run over by a car." And he said, the doctors looked at my parents and said, He's not going to live. He's going to die. He said, My parents begged them, Let me take our son home and let him die in our home. They took him home. That, I believe the accident happened on Friday. They took him home, I guess, Saturday or so. But that Sunday morning, they scooped that dying little baby boy up. They drove a little church on the corner of Pilgrim Mill Road in Cumming, Georgia my dad was the pastor. As he's telling me this story, he didn't know my dad was that pastor. And he said, there's a little pastor there. And he called me to the front. He said, "This, this is a story related by his family. And that pastor laid hands on him and proclaimed the promises of Jesus Christ over him. He said, they took me back to that hospital the next morning. And when they took me back to that hospital the next morning, listen to me carefully. He said there was nothing wrong with a little scar on the back of my head. And I'm still here today testifying to what God can do. Would you stand with me all over this place today? You see, it's those kind of testimonies. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your remembering what God has done. That's a testimony. When you start internalizing God's promises for your life, You know, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to do these things for you. When you go through things, remember what I've given you. There's one moment where they don't know what they're going to do. And he says, are you worried about what you're going to do? He said, don't you remember when there was 5,000 hungry people and I fed them? Or when there was 4,000 hungry people and I fed them? Just remember what I've done and you won't lose sight of what I'm going to do now. One of my favorite parts of this. is Every time when Jesus said, told Peter, hey, before the rooster crows... You're going to deny me three times. Do you know what happens when the roosters crow in the morning? Generally, it starts another one crowing and another one crowing. And so that means that every morning for the rest of Peter's life, he heard the rooster begin to crow. Now, if you've ever been like some of the ones that some of my neighbors have had, they'll crow especially loud on the days you're sleeping in. Beautiful creatures though. Beautiful sound as they welcome the morning. But not to a man defeated. Not to a man who's failed Jesus. But listen to the hope of this message. That when you see that Jesus sought him and restored him, the rooster's crow no longer reminded him of his defeat, but it reminded him of Jesus' deliverance. What would happen if every time you saw somebody in your former circumstance, if it would cause you to want to throw up your hands and say, thank God for what he's done for me. Every time the devil shows up and tells you you're going under, you plant your feet and you claim the promises of God and say, whoa, 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 I haven't forgotten what God's already done. This is what those angels told them. They told them, hey, now go quickly to the disciples and tell them that he is risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I told you. Because every step toward those disciples, doubt tried to creep in. Everyone that was searching for them, trying to kill them, caused them to shift in their purpose. But he said, don't forget what I've already told you. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. I told you God has sent delivering power into this place today. I feel it in my heart. I feel it down in the fiber of my being that God has come to seek out those who need to stand on the promises of Jesus Christ let me ask you a question today how many of you would say with me pastor I've been chained to some graveyards I've been chained to some defeats I've been chained to some struggles and today I want to stand on God's promises and be delivered if that's you would you hold your hand just as high in the air as you can Resurrection power is beginning to encounter every one of these situations right now by the blood of Jesus Christ. Put those down. Some of you that just raised your hand may be doing so in just a moment. Some of you that, that know you should have will be doing so in just a moment. There are people here today who cannot build your life on the promises of Jesus because you've never made Him Lord of your life. As I'm talking to you today, God is dealing with your heart. You want to leave the graveyard of sin and shame behind. And you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to pray with you right where you are. Some of you, this will be a a decision for the very first time. And some, it's going to be a decision that you've never taken seriously before. But you're going to settle your relationship with Jesus Christ point of clear dedication to him as Lord if that's you today and you say Pastor Don I want to give my life to Christ or I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ I'm not going to call you from where you are I'm not going to embarrass you but God's dealing with your heart right where you are and if that's you would you just hold your hand straight up in the air today because I want to pray with you thank you sir thank you sir thank you sir thank you sir thank you man thank you sir hold him up high hold him up high Yes, Jesus. Yes, pray with me, church. Pray with me, church. Thank you. You can put those down. We're going to pray in just a moment, and these lives are going to be forever changed. I feel the drawing of God as you're praying all over this place. I think there's just maybe a couple more, a few more that have not surrendered, and you know He's dealing with your heart. You need to be able to stand on the promises that you know first you need to stand on the promise that he's alive. If that's you, put it straight up in the air. Hold it up as high as you can so I can see it. Hold it up. Thank you, sir. Are there others today? Jesus, thank you, man. Thank you, Jesus. I right, grab hands with somebody near you if you would today. We're going to pray for these that need that resurrection power for just a moment. Then we're going to pray for those who want to confess Christ. As you're praying, you don't know if the person beside you maybe raised their hand, pray for them. And let's see God change these for all time. Father, I pray for these that are joined hands now. I thank you for the power of the agreement of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the strength of God that flows throughout each of them. There are some here that are chained to so many bondages and so many sins but right now through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ I thank you for breaking and for deliverance and for victory. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your strength and for your grace. And Lord now I pray for these that are about to make this significant step as they enact their faith to confess their sins you are faithful and just to forgive them of their sins as they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life and that he has risen from the dead for your word says that we must believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that God raised Christ from the dead so today we pray this prayer with them now let's all pray together Jesus right now I believe your promise. And in Jesus' name, Father, forgive me of my sins. You see my life, the good and the bad. I give it all to you. I give you my yesterday. I give you my today. I trust you with my tomorrow. And by faith, from this moment on I'll never be the same by faith I declare Jesus is my savior God is my father heaven is my home I believe he died for me he arose for me and now I am born again amen and amen come on give the Lord a resurrection Sunday morning celebration hallelujah